0: Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to The Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show the fabulous Kobe Simat from Best Practice, all to talk about his own experiences on Building a Business to Sell and Other Gold Nuggets. Now, this is such an interesting conversation that it has actually become a two-part series. So in this episode, you'll be listening to part one of the two-part series where Kobe and I discuss how to build a business up to sell on the basis of what he is doing in his own business right now and in the businesses of clients that they work with through best best practice, and of the businesses of their clients that they work with through best practice. Kobe and I discussed some really interesting insights into the ways to increase your multiple at exit, the benefit of choosing an industry that's trending, and many other gold nuggets, all about how you can take your business from being a job to being an investment. And then we'll be back with part two of this two-part series to talk all about the pillars in a business that will grow sale value. So this is really useful listening. If you are building a business to sell, or indeed, if you are looking to acquire a business, because all of the things that we're talking about in this two-part series will give you really good insight into how you can get into this new business you're acquiring and turn around the value and really add value during your period of time prior to you exiting the business. Well, that's it. Without further ado, here we go with our discussion with Kobe. Kobe, welcome to The Deal Room Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks
1: for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Fabulous. I'm super excited, number one, because there's a lot of content that I think will be really, really useful to our listening audience. And number two, because I just love talking to you because you're full of beans, I feel like I meet my energy match when talking to you. I love it. It's great. But we do have a lot to get through, and I feel like when you and I start talking, we just keep talking. So let's really dig into this. Today the theme that we're talking about is how to build A business to sell. And then, and we're really going to then touch on and why having a business that is in a sale ready state is the best kind of business to be in anyway. But can you just give us a quick background? on why it is that you're here talking about how to build a business to sell at the moment. And hint, it's because we were discussing this together and I love the method that you've been using and following on your own trajectory. But can you just give our listeners a bit of an insight into that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yes, yeah, Kobe Simmet, I, I lead, I founded and I lead an organisation called Best Practise um i'm right in the building phase myself so i'm building this organization myself um you know for those of you listening you know if you if you are monitoring for one of your clients or if you're monitoring yourself because you're building yourself yourself your share price your private share price um you know i'm i'm literally laser focused on that number i'm laser focused on the culture with my team i'm laser focused on you know having this thing as an asset that creates you know it's a, it's a not, it's not just a wealth-building exercise. It's an exercise to build wealth for everybody in our team. Um, but, but it's part of actually, you know, I'm really passionate about helping organizations to be great places to work. I'm really passionate about helping organizations to create great buying experiences for their customers. Thus, really passionate about helping organizations to be great investments for whomever are their shareholders or their owners or their founders. And so I think if you can line up those three key stakeholders, the team, look after the team, make it amazing for the team, they will smile. Uh, if they're smiling and you look after your customers, your customers start smiling. And then, you know, that then, then it becomes a beneficial investment. And myself, you know, I've got some pretty strong family values. I'm hoping for a little bit more business freedom. I'm literally about to take six weeks off. I'm getting better and better every year at the business running by itself for longer periods of time. My record trip is 12 weeks. Um, And I'm just trying to have this thing. I do enjoy doing meaningful work, but I also have a bucket list that I'm trying to get through.
0: I love it. That idea, you know, for business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, that idea of taking a six-week stint, a 12-week stint, for many of them is just, it's almost like a pipe dream. It's almost like, you know, this vision in the future that can't happen until the day they sell. Um, And that's why, you know, I find that there is just this huge level of potential Disappointment at that point of sale when someone has devoted their life to building this business on the basis that that will be the day when they can take some actual time off because they've not built the business to allow them to do that along the way. But then, because they've built the business in that way, it doesn't have the value that they expect at that point of sale. So it's almost like this it's this wheel that they can't get off that is constantly trapping them you know is that is that something that you've seen in your
1: clients 100% let me give you a really interesting story so so through my my early teens my early 20s I didn't see my dad I didn't see my dad for 20 years he he had a 45 minute commute which is nothing nowadays but it was back then um you know in in the 80s and the early 90s 40 40 minute on a quick run 100 hour and a half commute to work so he would leave when it's dark in the morning he'd come home when it's dark at night we might have got a pat on the back or a, or a or a head scratch from Dad when he got home, but I didn't see him. So he built, he was building a business. You know, it, it was pretty decent turnover, um, big team. That business collapsed. So so it was kind of it was built, but it it collapsed. And so not only did he compromise and sacrifice family time, time with us. I didn't see him. You know, we were we were kind of like yes, back Dad because Dad's building this thing for us, for our family. He's doing it for the family we made all these compromises and sacrifices but then for what reason literally mm. for zero mm. so so that's my real life kind of family you know story there's there's a heap more and we can we can kind of explore that and go really deep on that particular story at a later date but every single day i see people long hours in the office early late night phone calls weekend phone calls you know free proposals clients staff issues those kinds of things and those they keep pulling them back I'm working side-by-side with my brother. He runs a business. I run a business. There's a few years between us, but he's early on in his journey. And he he literally, he's the guy sitting in a meeting that takes phone calls and he's completely ignorant to everybody. He is right in the hustle right now. And, And so I think, you know, I see it every day in so many businesses that we have this dream that kind of we start this business to have freedom or be our own boss or kind of do these things. But then the reality of the situation comes down to, actually, I'm completely locked in. The business is completely tied to me. Everything stops when I stop. And you kind of don't get those things that you're looking for. By the way, for the brokers listening in, you guys already know that those are the businesses that are worth basically nothing. Yeah. So, you know, and so from that's what I'm really interested in, you know, that that third tier or the third pillar to what we're trying to do here at Best Practice is we're trying to empower teams to kind of step up. Uh, we're trying to help leaders delegate and elevate and and that is part of what we do kind of on a day-by-day basis with all the little tips and tricks and tools is, and and I'm trying to lead by example. You know, I just Mm -hmm. had two weeks off for the Easter school holidays here in Australia. Um, I had two work phone calls that lasted five minutes each in a two-week block. So, you know, I think it's not a pipe dream. What I will say, it's taken me 17 years to get to that point. So it's not something that you can happen overnight. I can certainly. I can help someone get some quick wins overnight in, in terms of doing that and we can we can work on some really efficient tactics and strategies and we've really refined the art of lifting competency in team members. We've been working on that internally here and we're starting to roll that out and educate people on, on how to do that and be really effective. But, but you know, I see that all the time. I see it every single day. And, you know, my business coach was in here the other day saying, you know, we could, we could push this thing so much harder, but it'll probably give you cancer you know, and that's, you know, so we, we, I'm, I'm very empathetic to that. And, and mm-hmm. I think that I, I would love to continue to work and I will continue to work to help people uh, with those goals that they set for themselves, which is a bit more freedom, a good investment. And also day by day, let's, let's do the things we really love doing and let's, you know what, delegate the things we don't like doing because. Of, oh,
0: I love that. You know? I love that. Yep. Yeah. Look, you and I, we're singing from the same hymn book, you know, and and my experience comes from having seen so many businesses fail. You know, as lawyers, we, we're the ones who can see businesses that have pushed hard but not focused on the right areas. So, you know, from our perspective, it's, it's about really reinforcing the foundations to secure businesses. But the other side is these businesses that, you know, have gone on for a long period of time with owner's just chained to the business not knowing that there's a better way not knowing that there's a way that they can free themselves and that that way will also increase their value you know i just think you know and I, and i see these owners at sale with this disappointment and i just wish that you know, we could have all gotten in there earlier, and um, and I think that's the thing. You know, perhaps what drives you and I might be the same thing that we we feel like we see the secret,
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> we
0: see the answer yeah. because yeah. we see successful businesses who have achieved it, and we can see what make that makes a difference. Um, so let's I I just want to round back to um to one of the things that you talked about earlier on in, in terms of getting really. Deep and practical on what this all means. So we talked about valuation and you said you were laser focused on the number, i.e. the number of the valuation of your business. What does that mean? How did you come to that and how do you determine that as you continue along?
1: Yeah, look, you know, we're not in the business, you know, the disclaimer is we're not in the business of business valuations. There's, Mm. There's brokers and that's their path. But someone has given me a formula and I'm an operator. So right now, to be really clear with everybody, I am operating an organization. That organization happens to help organizations. Um, we're a service-based business-to-business firm. Um, management consultant, if you want to put us into a category, as part of what we do. Recruitment part of what we do. But in terms of actually building that business, there's different component parts to the business. But... I made a very specific decision in 2009, quite early. I didn't realize what I was doing. It kind of, it it was a specific decision because it kind of made sense to me personally, not for other reasons to build a recurring revenue business. Yeah. And so why is that important now? Recurring revenue businesses now have higher multiples when when we go for sale. So multiples of EBIT, you know, multiples of profit, to be really simple, um, or multiples of turnover, depending on the formula and what you want to agree with your buyer and what your market's doing. But I thought, hey, this is a great idea. Let's build this subscription service. And, And a large chunk of one of our businesses is a subscription service. And that subscription service, it's an attractive industry. I kind of made a decision to go into into an attractive industry um, and I made a decision to build recurring revenue in that particular area. And we have been focused on that. So so as an operator, um, I'm laser focused on, yeah, there's a multiple, let's call it five or six uh, in this particular industry uh, of my profit. So five or six. And so I'm literally tracking... And I don't do it very often. I might look at it kind of every three months, but I kind of have set myself a bottom line profit goal for the year, not because I want to buy a new McLaren or a Ferrari or a bigger boat. It's it's and I've already got a big boat. Um, but um I love a, that
0: you threw that in. <laughs>
1: um but um it's you know, I I kind of have the toys, if you like, that I need, and I have the life experiences that I have, and you know, my family's being looked after. We are doing it. Um, And we are being very clear about the profit that we're driving out of this particular business, because that's one of eight pillars that we're working on in our business to continue to grow our value and make us attractive. And I was literally thinking about it this morning. We're kind of, you know, for a sophisticated person listening, we're the business renovators. We'll renovate your marketing, we'll renovate your processes, we'll renovate your strategy, um, and then we'll put you into a maintenance plan that keeps you going. And so we kind of I don't know whether we're ready to kind of launch that as a brand slogan, but kind of the
0: <laughs> we can factors. talk about trademarks later. Yeah, when we best practice the business innovators.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but that's what we've done. We've kind of done that internally thing. We've given everything in best practice a fresh coat of paint, and we continue to maintain it and keep it clean and tidy. And we kind of know where we want to be and what we want to be looking at. And I'm. You know, more than actually helping anybody right now, I want to inspire people to actually Mm. say, well, you know, we should keep it clean and tidy and we should be focusing on the right things and we should be doing, we should be looking at the market and saying, hey, what does the market like? Mm. I think the biggest mistake that business owners make is they're a focus group of one. You know, they're a focus group. Are you being a focus group of one? Are you focusing inside your own head? And are you doing the things and making decisions about what you like and what you think is important? Yes, most likely. And that's about what you just, you know, what we just talked about is about finding the secret. The secret that I stumbled across was, you know, I know how I like things. And, you know, sometimes, you know, pigs are really happy in the, in the muddy pit of the pig trough um, to give you that picture of, you know, they're getting through the scraps <laughs> of vegetables and they're snorting around in the mud. And, and there are business owners that are like that, and that's okay. But if your goal in the back of your mind, your dream, let's make it a dream because there's no plan attached to it. If your dream is that, you know what, this thing that I've been working at, actually that's my superannuation. I haven't physically put any cash into superannuation and all the accountants listening to this podcast, because I know there's a lot of them will say, you're absolutely crazy because you will get the tax discounts because you can add stuff to super. You know what? I am not taking working capital out of my business for the tax benefits and putting it into my superannuation fund. I am leaving all of the working capital in my business to continue to grow it because I'm laser focused on that. I'll get the tax benefit at the end. Yep. You know, I'll take that tax discount at the end when that working capital and that operational business is handed off to another owner. I'm not interested in putting it into super right now. So, and just
0: as, as a comment, as a disclaimer, this is not financial advice. Please <laughs> seek your own. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love it because this is your belief, obviously, Absolutely. that the business that you're growing will have a greater return than the return that you can get through, you know, general passive investments, you know, like, for example, via superannuation, right? So this is, and this is where you're saying that your belief in business is in the return that you can create if you're focused and understand, if you're focused on a number, you've got a plan and you've got a plan you know you have a plan to put that in place and i just want to I, I just want to go back one step where we talked about multiples just to make it super clear because you and I talk in this terminology all the time some of our listeners may not completely understand what we're talking about here in multiples is the valuation that's attributed to your business um, by someone who might look to look purchase it in the future when they when they look at your earnings or your profit or an adjust, adjusted profit, Multiplied by a certain number, and that multiplier that you're using has the ability to have a massive impact on the value at the end of the day. So you've got profit, um, which many owners, uh, you know, clearly are focused on, which is a great thing. But then it's also about what the multiplier is on that profit that can make a massive difference. And so you you were talking you know, about multiples, um, you know, five or six, you know, many times when businesses look at sale, their multiplier might be one, Mm -hmm. one or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. The way they've run the business. When you're talking about a multiplier of, you know, let's say you've managed to get it to 500 grand, a million, whatever in profit, and then you multiply that by one versus multiplying that by five that's Mm -hmm. a large difference, right? Huge
1: difference. Absolutely. You're you're spot on there. And, you know, I think it would be wise for anyone listening to clearly educate themselves on different pillars that drive value. Um, And you're exactly right. And and I see the disappointment in lots of business owners faces because they're kind of like, but I like doing this work and I've chosen this Mm. industry and I know this industry and that's excellent. But the multiplier in that particular industry might be, and I saw a business recently sold where the multiplier was 0.82. Yeah. So, so they were given, you know, 82 cents in the dollar of profit. Mm. And so that business owner was like, well, I can run this business for another year and I mm. can make more money by keeping the profit. And, and that's, that unfortunately becomes the decision mm. that ends up being made. You're going to stay chained to that desk for another mm. year because you're going to make more money than what someone's prepared to buy because it's it's a it's a renovator's delight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And- you know, I am super keen on acquisition for growth and, and here herein lies some opportunities as Absolutely. well. If, if you're a you know an opportunity finder and and you're into this idea of um, let's call it business renovation, is that what you're calling? Absolutely. It, yes. Yes.
1: So <laughs> I'm not gonna if,
0: take it. You can have that one. You can
1: have it. Well, we can we can all have it. We'll talk about it. Like okay. let's make it a thing. But you know, you know, is my business a renovator's opportunity or is it purely polished? Because, you know, I watch, you know, I'm right in the thick of it. We are right in the thick of it here in the Northern Beaches in Sydney. You know, mm. if you're not at dinner on a Saturday night and the topic of property doesn't come up, you're mixing with the wrong people, you know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, we sit we sit there and we talk about it. And, and I have a lot of friends who do not want to lift a finger. They don't want to lift a paintbrush on the weekends. They want to go into a fully finished house. Mm. And the buyers at the top end, you know, when you talk about, you know, we can talk turnover numbers or profit numbers, but when you're talking profit numbers of a $1 million and then profit numbers of $5 million and then profit numbers of $20 million, there are big businesses out there who are, they want to buy a going concern that operates by itself that they don't have to lift the paintbrush because they they want to buy future profit and there are Mm -hmm. things that they value. They value the maturity of your management team. They value, you know, the, the clarity in your strategy. They value, you know, you have defined processes and that there is a recipe book available that they can open up tomorrow once you've left and you know, metaphorically um, and follow the, those processes and, and continue to guarantee that profit. Because if they do this thing you said to do in the document or in the process then you can, you know, that will guarantee them profit. This Mm. is how you do the marketing. This is how you generate the leads. This is how you, you know, do the sale. This is how you do the customer service or product. And so I'm not an advocate for writing everything down in policies and procedures because I I think we're moving away from that in in industry. That's a whole other podcast. But I think it's those starting to understand what those key levers are So, you know, and then, for example, think they will value recurring revenue because they're like, you mean to say we can buy this business and we don't have to do another sale and we will get that guaranteed revenue, which equals a guaranteed profit? You go, yeah. They go, actually, we value that because this thing will pay itself off. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's kind of, I, I would like the listeners, you know, and I know there's a lot of listeners of this particular podcast that and, and is here in the deal room that, that kind of know this stuff. But if you're somebody listening and you are building a business right now, you're operating a business and that business is going to be a legacy that you might leave for your family or it's going to be superannuation, then it would be wise to start doing one simple thing. This is my one simple tip. Write down, delegate and elevate. There are people out there that are super passionate about doing the things that you don't like doing. Mm. I like running around and staying fit and I would be happy as a pig in mud on the back of a garbage truck picking up garbage bins because I would be fit. I would love to do that. If I had my time again and I didn't have to worry about financial stuff, just what I love laboring for bricklayers because I can lift weights all day and I can stay fit. I like running around. I like, you know, I like staying fit and healthy and I would be happy to do that and I've got the mental resilience to do that. People think, oh, gross, I don't want to be on the garbage truck. I'm like, what a great opportunity to just like be jogging all day. <laughs> So and out in the
0: morning, finish early in
1: the afternoon. Exactly right. <laughs> Hang out with your friends, go to the beach, that kind of stuff. So so I think that's just me as a case study that um, you know, thinking about your business saying you actually don't have to do everything. And in fact, your time's better spent on really high-value activities. Stop doing the low-value activities. If you're a business owner and you file emails, then that is absolutely the worst use of your time. It, mm-hmm. And and so you know, there's those, that's just a really simple, you know, if you're OCD, I need to make sure my inbox is in order. Well, then you're kind of not adding to your multiple.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, and it's such a good point, isn't it? And then, and it comes back to this um really simple thing as well. So, you, you know, number one, know what you enjoy doing and get rid of the stuff that you don't know what you're good at and get rid of the stuff that you don't. But also, Do what you can to structure yourself in business so that you're focusing on the working on rather than in, right? Absolutely. It's like these fundamentals. (laughs)
1: 100%.
0: Well, that's it for our discussion with Kobe Semet from best practice. And of course, if you would like to talk to Kobe about some of the work that he does with businesses, building them up for sale and converting them from a job to an investment, then just head over to the show notes of this topic or our website at thedealroompodcast.com where we'll link straight through to Kobe and we will also provide a transcript of this podcast episode if you would like to read it in more detail. Now, don't forget to come back next week for part two of this two-part series where we really dig into the pillars in the business to grow sale value. And that's a really important episode because we dig into what you actually need to do in a practical way to increase the value of your business at sale. We also talk about how to find trending industries, looking at what's happening geographically, and also the benefit of adding new products and services to your current client bases. Kobe shares his top three takeaways tips for businesses. And really, this is highly important listening for any business that's looking to buy or indeed that's looking to exit at some point in the future. Now, don't forget at our website, you'll also be able to find details of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions, whether that is preparing for an imminent sale or acquisition acquisition or indeed if you are right at the point of sale or acquisition right now and need some legal assistance to get you through the process, we have a number of great services to help guide businesses through this sale and acquisition process. And finally, if you enjoyed what you heard today, then I'd be very grateful if you could pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. And that's it for today. Thanks again for listening in. Don't forget to come back for part two of our two-part series next week. But for now, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small, and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So, see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen.
1: Ladies and gentlemen.